dare I say it, we've tended to do things and not look after them. And now it's caught up with us. We are now going into a stage, look, hang on, lads, we've got to, we've got to be realistic here. If you put something into the fort, if you build something, you've got to look after it. And that doesn't mean just putting a coat of paint on it. That was Hugh Raymond, the man behind a new £100 million strategy to rebuild Jersey's sports facilities over the next decade. Those massive plans are the subject of the first Bailiwick podcast with me, James Filial. Thanks for listening. Every Friday, we'll be publishing an in-depth look at a big story which has hit the headlines that week, taking you behind the scenes, sieving the detail, sussing out what matters and chewing over how it fits into our lives. We're told by the government that 49% of adults and 81% of kids don't meet the WHO guidelines for physical activity. But this new vision will apparently transform us into one of the most physically active populations in the world. Quite a statement. Yesterday, the government published a major plan to totally rebuild our sports facilities over the next 10 years, spreading the love over town, the west and the east, with, probably, new centres on the waterfront, the Kennevay, Springfield, Oakfield and La Rocchier. The price tag, a cool £100 million, and it means Fort Regent will need to be reinvented for conferences, events and concerts, but not for sport. The plans also include a 2,500-seat stadium, we just don't know where. The very rough time frame is early next year, better facilities at Springfield and Oakfield. Sport users move out of the fort, which is then redeveloped by 2027. Finally. Then it's La Rocquier. It gets the facilities out east by the end of 2024. Next is the Island Stadium, delivered by mid-26. Then Springfield, transformed by 2028. A sports and well-being centre in town, probably the waterfront, by 2030. And last to be completed is Le Canivet, rebuilt by 2032. So where's the money coming from? And what does all that mean for your particular sport or activity? The man with the answers, we hope, is Deputy Hugh Raymond. He's the politician leading the plans and he joins me, suitably distanced and masked, in the Bailiwick studios. Deputy Raymond, welcome. Given the amount the government's going to have to spend to recover from Covid, on the hospital, on the new government HQ, where are we finding £100 The £100 had come out over 10 years and they were working it out on £10 a year. And... And believe it or not, I ask the same questions. I mean, you've only got to look at the hospital and everything else that's going on, the new building for the office block and all this sort of thing. And I said, you know, where does sport figure in this? Um, but what I was discovering was that it's not going to be £100, what we would call government money. Um, I have to say I've been very encouraged by the number of people that have been in touch with me with regards to have you thought about doing it this way? And we actually have had, and I mean this, we have had offers of people wanting to do things to help out. And it's not necessarily the normal route. You know, the ones that say rugby football, you'd, if you took the, the senior sort of more predominant uh, sports, it, we've got other people coming up with ideas. So my view is that it won't be 100 million that the states will be paying. It, it'll be part of, and we've also got to make sure that we use the facilities in the best way, which means that sometimes we'll be charging, sometimes we won't, and therefore there's going to be an income that way. The other good thing, which has really made my life so much easier, and one of the things that I made was, was quite excited about, and I've got to say this, 
was that the there was money already in the budget so it was already government approved that we would move on certain aspects of some of the work that needed doing facility wise and there was also the idea of the physical policy review which meant that there were sports and the government with uh, had put in physical um, applications for money I have to say fingers crossed that is looking good which means that as far as I'm concerned which I keep saying we can start now in other words we can start looking okay. at planning permissions and start now so the cash or the the initial cash is available it's not something we've got to wait for and we're not looking for a sum of 100 million in total that's a number which will be spread out over the period and it's not cash which the island has to find no no absolutely assured of that and as i said the first two or three years you're going to see applications going in where we've got the money available to go ahead and do certain things now. There's one other statistic in, in the document which was interesting. The, the aim is to increase our physical activity by 10%. So if you, you put those two numbers together, an increase in 10% and a price tag of 100 million, there, there seems like there's a gap there. Surely we can do more than 10%. Well, hopefully I can. Hopefully we can. But um, the only thing that always worries me about something like this, if you were running a business, you can set a 10-year plan. And the people that run the business tend to be the same people in the business that run it. The problem is with politicians, what is it? Civil servants are here to stay, um, politicians come and go. So I take the view that you've got to make sure that the people that take over from me and then take over from them have got the same idea. And I, hopefully we can, we can put that into writing and make sure it looks good. Are you looking for the private sector to help with this? Yes, I'm very much a commercial person. My own background from the UK was that uh, we relied heavily, even 20, 30 years ago, on investment from outside sources. And from what I can see, the island is ideal for people to put money into these type of things. Uh, I mean, one of the examples I can give and make no bones about it, and you'll probably listen to the, the, the podcast, and that is that we've had an offer from uh, somebody in the East who would like to put uh, something up which would include indoor uh, facilities for gymnastics and that sort of thing. And I said, what do you want from the government? Nothing. He said, all I want is planning permission, and I'll do it. You can put all the caveats on there that it can only be used for sporting uh, uh, issues or whatever, but we've had an offer of that. We've had an offer also, dare I say it, from the West as well. And as you know, um, Thrive uh, is an independent organisation. And I think you'll find as I sit as Assistant Minister for Health as well and, and infrastructure, there are people out there that will use those facilities and will pay for those facilities. We've still got to make sure, as you rightly said right at the beginning, and that is that people still got to be able to afford to go there. Okay, I mean, so that link with the private sector probably takes us to the fort. So one of the other big headlines which has come out of it is that effectively this is the end of sport in the fort, or it will be over the next year once the current users move out. Um, wh why is that? Why, why, can, why is sport not right for that venue in your mind? Well, in my mind, I didn't know too much about it because I, I've, I've got two I had two kids. Well, still got two kids. Sorry, that sounds awful. Um, but they love going up to the sport, uh, up to the fort when we came over for holidays because uh, my wife's parents lived here. And it, it was great. And, it, oh, you know, there was coffee bars and things to do and the kids loved it. The swimming pool and, dare I say it, the swimming pool and everything else was there. Um, but uh, the thing that comes out is that they did have a survey and I'm going to go back and I've got to go back, which wasn't made clear yesterday. 
But this decision was made after the fit for fitness. I'll get it right. The nineteen thirteen, uh, sorry, two thousand and thirteen, two thousand and fifteen review, and it was decided then that the fort needed a lot of spending on it, and if it was going to be used for sporting facilities, and the way sport was developing, I mean, a rifle range in a fort, um, yeah, five-a-side football. It, Somehow, you know, it, it didn't really fit. And the other thing was that it needed looking after. I smiled recently yesterday morning when Len started, uh, the constable of St. Clement started saying about, what was it, 1988-89, when there's a, where there was a report about that we should th be thinking of moving sport out of the fort. And here we are 33 years later talking about it. So going back to the question, though, um, I just think that the fort can be used in better ways. And I'll say something positive about that because I shall be I will be making an announcement about the fort. We've had quite a bit of interest in the fort as to what we can do. So we're talking about conferences, events and concerts? Absolutely, James. I, obviously, I live in Trinity. The, the big event up there, which always goes to RJNHS, it's Canvas. But there is no place that you can put... Where do you put... You can't put the JSO up there. And if you start, if you took the fort out of the system, where do, where do things like but, that go? But that does that does beg the question, though, that um, you, you've got to pay for the redevelopment of the fort. So you've got to pay for the redevelopment of uh, of a Napoleonic fortress. There's a lot of cost yeah. involved in that. Um, will holding events and concert uh, concerts up there will that generate the revenue to to do that? Yes, it will, because I, I'm I'm smiling for the simple reason. I think in the past that I don't want to criticise politicians. Um, but if you go back, it is, there was always wanting to be a return. Now, if somebody came along to you, James, and said, right, Fort Regent, if you, if you let us have Fort Regent for 10 years at a pound a year, and we'll turn it into a conference centre, hotel, and everything else, are you going to insist that you want more money for the rent? Because who's taking the risk? The government's not taking the risk. They'd have to adhere to all the planning and rules and regulations. So that, that's how you see that I developing would, as yes, a, a... Absolutely. And again, we have had some sort of interest. The other thing is coming up um, in, in list form is the heritage sort of uh, situations happening in the UK. Suddenly the old castles are coming back into play. People want to walk around them, want to see what happened. So you've got heritage... You've got um, auditoriums, you've got outside concerts, and there's all sorts of things you can do. And if somebody's prepared to do it, and this is the world we live in now, post-COVID, I think that then we go to those sort of people. Okay. There's, that still sounds that it's, it's quite vague, though, that there's not a definite, definite plan. And this is one of the most iconic sites in the island. C could you not be more definite at the yes, moment? Yes, I can. I can't be definite now, if you get, uh, because I think that would be unfair, but... We've had, um, a, a, let's say, we've had people looking round and they've given us some really great ideas. And from those people looking round, we've had suggestions and we've also had, well, have you thought about doing this? We might be interested. I mean, OK, we've got uh, the old days of when we had lifts coming up from wherever and across the top and we still get those people, we, get, we still get people talking about that. But on the other hand, we've had encouraging news. And I... And I wouldn't say this if we hadn't. And the one good thing I will say about this government at the present time, they have allowed me in to listen to, to the conversations that have been going on. 
I know we use outside people, and I know that always comes as a grumble that we're using outside people, but to get people interested in something like the fort, we have to use outside people. We have to use their knowledge to know who okay. to go to. All right, let, let's move on to one of the other big um, statements from, from the strategy, which was the development of the island stadium, the two-and-a-half-seater island stadium. Um, so where's that going to go? Well, first of all, I said it was going to go to St. Peter's because I thought that was the only place it was going to go. But again, here it's not necessarily St. Peter's. Um, I, I appreciate the rugby clubs there. We've got Springfield. Um, but the biggest problem with Springfield automatically becomes um, where you park cars and all this sort of thing. It's right in the centre of town. But we don't want to use, lose the green space of, at all. There's so. a risk this becomes another hospital, though, right? Another where? Oh, yeah, without any doubt. I mean, having sitting, up, uh, having sitting on the, the hospital pog board as well, that um, I, I fully appreciate that. What I've tried to do and I would love is to keep them separate. The, the hospital will always take preference. Health, education and housing will always take preference over sport. It will always take uh, preference over somebody coming to play a, a musical brass band there or whatever. We're never going to win that one. So therefore we have to look outside the system. And I think sometimes we've not been commercial enough in looking at the business route. And I think this does come down to the, the political situation that we have in every country. But the, the, the Ireland Stadium will be for football and for rugby, but not netball? No, because I can honestly say now that as far as we're concerned, we're about to put in a, a planning application in the next two or three months for the new indoor netball um, uh, programme, of which we will be indoors. We've spoken to Linda Andrews from Netball. She's been very keen on it. I think there was a misleading situation in the paperwork that said Kennebay. That was the old story, and I've got to put that out because we—it was never—it was going to Kennebay on the original plans, but it, it's now going to Oakfield, and we will put in an application soon to be able to do that. Okay, so that's and we have the money. So that's where that's where the jets are going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they, you think, as far as you're concerned, netball then, because it's from 2023 that they need a new home, and that's going to be Oakfield. Well, I'm going to stick my neck out because we're going uh, Easter 22 next year. Um, the one thing that I'm controlled by, and uh, which I, to some degree does help me a little, the one thing I am controlled by is planning. I mean, wh whatever we do build-wise is planning. With regards to Springfield. Uh, we're lucky there because everything's going to go indoors, so we don't need planning. But Oakfield and uh, Le Rocquier does need planning. Just an observation with this. It sounds like there's a lot of moving parts that you're trying to coordinate all these different sports with all these different requirements, mixing the politics, mixing the planning, mixing the funding. Do, do you worry this is not really going to happen? And I don't mean that as a criticism. I mean it because there's so many moving parts, it's quite hard to control. No, but... but I, I, I totally agree again, but this, this is where we come down to the, the, the problem that it's run politically and probably civil service wise. Because if you run a business, you've got to make sure it shows a profit at the end of the day. If we could only get into our heads that we've got to look at it as a business. And I know there's going to be people saying, oh, it should be for everybody and therefore the, the state should be heavily involved. I, I've got to say I disagree with that. I We need money in from outside sources and to put all those parts together you also need people that are going to run through it with 10 years and that's why I'm hoping that we can look at a plan that whichever politician takes over from me or who takes over from them they will run it through 
And it's that sort of situation that I want to see positively going forward. Tell me about then, there's a phrase in this um, document about um, a, lack of, a lack of confidence, I think is the way they phrase it, in the government's ability to address the island's uh, facilities. So one of, one of the jobs for you, one of the jobs for your successors, is creating trust, creating engagement. How, how are you going to do well, that? Trust, how do you address that? The trust and engagement comes from one single root, and that is that if you provide a facility, let's, let's take the example of a house. If you don't look after your house, it goes into disrepair. Dare I say it, we've tended to do things and not look after them, and now it's caught up with us. We are now going into a stage, look, hang on, lads, we've got, to, we've got to be realistic here. If you put something into the fort, if you build something, you've got to look after it. And that doesn't mean just putting a coat of paint on it. And I think if you look at the last 20, 30 years of what we've built and what we've done, we've just put a coat of paint on it. I mean, it's like Overdale, dare I say it. There's buildings up there that have been empty for years. And yet we could have done something with it. And... You know, we tend to, we, we just assume something's going to come up and it's going to be okay, but it's not going to happen anymore. I think those days are gone. I think we have to look after the infrastructures that we got. We've got to make sure we, we build on them. And also, one of the other things which is important with sport, you have to keep up with what's going on with sport worldwide and European-wide to be able to compete with everybody in the marketplace. So what are the next steps? Um, so we're sitting here in March 2021. What do Ireland see first? Well, they're going to see first that the movement out of uh, Fort Regent. And I have made that statement that nobody's going to move out unless they've got somewhere to go. Uh, somewhere so, decent to go. Somewhere decent to go. Oh, yes. And that's the other thing that I wanted to make absolutely clear, which I've made clear yesterday, is that we're not building. Oh, that's another thing about the island. I'm probably going to get really criticised for this. But they tend to put things up temporarily. And I'm saying, look, if, if we're going to spend money, I'd rather spend a little bit more and make sure it becomes permanent, not temporarily. So that's why that we've taken the whole picture of Le Rocquier as a complete uh, aside, said to education, this is what we'd like to do. What do you want to do? And let's go forward on that basis. We're doing exactly the same with Oakfield and the facilities up there. We also have, which I've found, facilities that we perhaps don't use, or we don't use regularly. And these places have got to be used. And I think with the COVID situation, as an, again, which is in the report, the number of people that are walking and cycling and all this sort of thing, let's put it all together. Um, it's going to be difficult. It is ambitious. I've made no bones about it. But there is so much that we can gain from it. And I think that the general population will gain from it as well. How certain are you that it's going to happen? Put it on a percentage scale, 10%, 90%. That, that plan you've published will happen? Well, I'm going to stick my neck out and say 70, 75%. I, I mean, I just feel, in a lot of cases, I was on Cheltenham Borough Council, and uh, it, it's rather odd because we could never, we'd come up with an idea, but we never had the money to do it. I mean, dare I say it, and I wouldn't want to get into too much conversation, it's like the skate park. We had the money for the skate park at Kennevay, so... Why didn't we just build it? But we discuss it. Uh, you know, you know where I'm coming from. We've got the money. We have money in the government plan. It looks like we are going to get some more money, uh, the fiscal uh, um, amounts paid uh, that we've applied for. It's going to happen. And you will see it happening. 
Because, as I said, nobody's moving out of that fort until they're going to somewhere permanently. And there is no question that, as I've had a long conversation with Linda this morning and last week, um, she's excited as well. And she's been very good. Um, but you've got to go back um, in the sense that ever since I came back, I sort of came back to retire, I think. But all I've done is sport. And I mean, we threw away £100,000 tournaments up at Les Ormes for tennis. Now, okay, it was expensive to put on, but what actually did it bring to Jersey? The name was spread everywhere, and we lose it. We did the same with golf, didn't we, in the 1990s? For 30000 we could have kept the Masters here. We tend to grab things, get it, and then let it go. We've got to, we've got to change our mind, we've got to change our views, and go down, and I hate, as I say, some people don't like the word, I'm sure, some of my left-wing politicians will say, well, commercialism, you know, that's playing into the hands of everybody, but we can't do it on our own. There's no question. What are you worried about with this? What am I worried about? That the wrong... I suppose I'm worried about that the wrong people get hold of, of what we're trying to do. I mean, I'm, we're not looking for knighthoods. We're just looking to make sure that the people in... If, if you want to come and play netball here, if you want to come and play bowls here it's a lovely place to come to it doesn't matter what the sport is it's like speaking to lucy at archery you know they don't have two thousand members but they have a few members but people would love to come here fencing all the sports that we've got if you've got the facilities people will come here if they come here they'll spend money they'll stay in hotels and the economy will thrive but you've got to keep pushing it and sometimes I think we forget what we've got. Deputy Raymond, thanks for your time. That was Hugh Raymond, the man with the plan for sport. And this was the Bailiwick podcast. The title track was Shift My Weight by Luno. If you enjoyed it, I know it's a pain, but please like and share. It all helps. And remember, you can hit bailiwickexpress.com to stay right up to date with whatever is happening in Jersey. You can find us online, on social, on email and on internet radio. Thanks for listening. More next Friday with me, James Filial, and the team here at Bailiwick Express. <laughs> <laughs>